Welcome, one and all, to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to not only your Monday, but also your week. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. My name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credentialed media member with the Grizzlies. I've been covering the Grizzlies now for three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues, and I'm your host here for Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies, Every single day, and it is going to be more and more exciting as we are now 10 days away from the 2021 NBA Draft, and it's going to be a wonderful week of content, not only for Locked On Grizzlies, but for the Locked On Podcast Network. This week, the 2021 Ultimate NBA Mock Draft begins, and I can tell you this, it's going to be an exciting week when it comes to the Grizzlies and the 2021 Ultimate Mock Ultimate NBA mock draft. But it's not only that. We also are going to have some special guests here at Locked On Grizzlies, some local experts and great minds that cover some of the players in the 2021 NBA draft that make the most sense for Memphis. And that starts today as I welcome Anthony Wright to the show. Anthony Wright is a former player for the Michigan Wolverines. He played both forward for them at the beginning of um, a last decade, uh, 2000, basically through from 2008 through 2011. He now is one of the most creative as well as insightful minds when it comes to covering college prospects, college hoops prospects, high school and college, obviously has a vast knowledge of this 2021 NBA draft class and is going to join us to discuss Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers, two logical targets for the Grizzlies in this draft, as well as his thoughts on some of the more upside swings in this draft, including Josh Christopher and how he thinks the new NIL regulations could impact future NBA drafts, as well as his thoughts on Penny Hardaway and the University of Memphis. All that on today's episode. Of course, the title sponsor of our episode is who allowed for this opportunity to come together. That's Spotify Green Room. I actually crossed paths with Ant on Spotify Green Room about a year ago. We have since become, uh, you know, friends as far as talking basketball and you know the NBA draft and things such as that. This show was recorded via Spotify Green Room, and make sure that you go and download the Spotify Green Room app for these type of opportunities. If you're a content creator or if you're simply a fan who wants to talk to other fans who enjoy the same things as you do, that's what it does. It creates opportunities such as this. We're going to get right into it again with Ant Wright discussing Franz Wagner, Isaiah Livers, and some of the better upside swings in this 2021 draft. Hope you enjoy. Listening to the show who will be listening to the show obviously as a, a locked on grizzlies podcast i am joined by ant wright um uh, absolutely wonderful mind when it comes to basketball uh both personal and professional experience uh, obviously a uh, former player at the university of michigan um, does great work covering uh, many prospects and uh and I, I know that uh that this time of year is exciting for you because you've been following several of these talents for many years oh for sure like this is awesome like like NBA draft, like I never really got involved in it. I did a little bit last year, but like now I'm realizing I'm like, hold on, like NBA people don't really follow high school and college. And I'm like, the NBA draft is kind of where I should kind of migrate to within the NBA niche. Cause I've been watching these guys forever. Like you said, so it just made sense. It just made sense. 
And it did. And that's why I wanted to bring you on. It's because the two things I wanted to talk with you about, especially when it comes to the Grizzlies, is, of course, you've got Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner um, Mm -hmm. who who are in this draft. Two guys from a roster standpoint, skill set standpoint, that really stand out for, you know, the Grizzlies as potentially being targets. And then also some knowledge of these freshmen or the freshmen from this past year coming into the draft. But we'll get right into it. So, um, Ant, when it comes to Franz Wagner, obviously, um, something that stands out about him is that you may not get that star upside that you would hope uh, to, to get in like a lottery pick. But with Franz Wagner, you get so many things, so many valuable assets and skills at his 6'10 size that translates so well to the NBA. If you were, if a team came to you and asked, why should we consider Franz Wagner in the top 10 to 12 of this draft, just what are two or three things that you would really highlight about his game that make you feel confident he can be this, a significant contributor on a Honestly, man, like, you know, Franz is 6'9", 6'10", right? Um, his wingspan is like 7'3", 7'4". Um, ridiculous defender. Uh, I'm not sure if you've um, known this, but I believe he had the best defensive box plus minus in the Big Ten since, I believe, Draymond Green in 2008. Um, Unreal, unreal defender. And you don't really, you you don't really, in my opinion, I think teams overrate defense when it comes to drafting players. But with Franz, like, he will literally – save five possessions for you in a game. And whether it is a deflection or keeping a ball alive or stealing or, you know, altering shots, uh, the kid is everywhere. Um, I truly believe, I truly believe a guy like Franz is someone who you're going to need in playoff time because who takes over in playoff time? These bigger guard forwards, right? The LeBrons, the Giannis's, um, you know, uh, Kawhi, PG, these bigger guards who love to play point, love to initiate. You're going to need someone like Franz. In my opinion, um, he's going to be someone like a Trevor Ariza. Um, just such a good defender. And he's still 19 years old. He's still 19 years old, and he's already played pro, similar to Luka Doncic, right? He's He was playing with professional players at 15, 16 years old, um, then goes to college and plays for two years because uh, he just wanted to experience what his older brother did. And I think he did a lot of that. And, um, uh, you know, not many players that I can vouch and say, you can probably put him on an NBA team right now and guard the other player's best wing, and he won't mess it up. And then there's the offensive side of it as well. I think your breakdown of it is there. And, and, and what I'll ask to add to that is, you know, it's not just the turnovers, right? It's the ability to be able to switch to, you know, at least three positions, but then also the offense. You want to talk about Franz Wagner being one of the better bets to be a three and D 
true three or four in this draft, but he's more than that, right? His right. facilitation has the ability to cre- to create a difference. It was eye-opening to see him in some of the tournament play in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, especially with, the, I believe the center was Hunter Dickinson, if I got get his name right. right. But the playmaking and facilitation aspect, he may he's not going to be a Ben Simmons, for instance, but you see shades of Lamar Odom, shades of Danilo Gallinari when it comes to his three-point shooting, but that facilitation is an extra asset to his game that sets him apart from a lot of prospects, especially his size as well. For sure. So, like, he came into college with the with with a lot of um, with a lot of hype as being a good three point shooter. He really didn't show that at Michigan. I mean, like, he had games where you know you see it right, and then like he would have. I swear, his first year, he probably led the country in like in and out threes. Um, so, like, you see the potential. You see it there. But when it comes to his facilitating, um, he's gonna have to he's he's gonna have to get more moves. He's he's gonna have to be able to uh, get his combos a little bit better on getting to the rim because right now he does rely on getting to his right a lot. He he goes to his right and he'll finish with like a sweeping hook or a sweeping finger roll or he'll dunk it, but he goes right a lot and um, him and Hunter had a very good, a very good chemistry where Hunter will be posting up. Hunter will drive. No, I'm sorry. Franz will drive. And then Hunter would like space out perfectly knowing if his man leaves, Hunter's going to get that drop off and dunk. So, um, so yeah, he, he can find, I think he put up like, I think like three or three and a half assists this year. Um, but I mean, he's. He he is your cliche Swiss Army knife. Makes perfect sense. And, and the thing about it is, is that you know, listen. At the end of the day, you know, someone like him, he probably is not that quick twitch type athlete. There's not just a ton of a, you know, I won't say upside, but there's not a a lot of projection where he'll become a significant threat off the dribble, getting to the basket, you know, creating his own shot. But I feel there is some sneaky craftsmanship. Like it may not be there athletically where you may want it in a lottery pick, but IQ wise and feel wise, he can make up for it a bit, kind of like a Kyle Anderson can. But I think that there is at least some relevant upside in his ability to create off the bounce as well as get to the yeah, like it's. I think it's. I think it's pretty. Like I can't understate like how like big this person is. Um, like he's out there with other guys six nine six ten. He dwarfs them. So I'm. I don't even know how tall he is. Honestly, I I'm pretty sure he's like six ten. But then his wingspan comes into play. He's just a. He's just a big person. Just a big person. And I think that covers for a lot of his lack of explosion or lack of fast twitch. His length and his size is going to make up for so much of that. His lateral quickness um, when guarding the basketball is very, very good, especially at his size. It's sickening. It's sickening. You can't really ISO him. You can't ISO him. And at the end of the day, length is, you know, that that's the big thing about it. We talk about all these, you know, actual physical, athletic, whatever skills it may be, but length, but doing it with length is certainly what matters. 
transitioning a bit from Wagner. So I, I guess you would say when it comes to covering covering him as you have watching him being a fan of of Michigan, you know, me as a Grizzly is a guy that covered the Grizzly Grizzlies fan. I badly want Moses Moody, but you would probably suggest that. Franz Wagner would be a wonderful trade-up target. He's not going to fall to 17, but I would imagine no, the Grizzlies not. the Grizzlies would be lucky as all day long to trade up and add him to their roster, especially with their need. They need a shooter and or a big one, right? Um, so, yeah, you're looking at Moses, you're looking at Kispert, uh, and you're looking at you know Franz. Um, if people want to like uh, question what I'm talking about in terms of um, – Franz Wagner and his defense. Uh, go look at what he does to to uh, Scotty Barnes in the Florida State game. Go look what he does to to a trend in Watford in the LSU game. Um, my boy uh, Jaime Jacquees from UCLA. Look what he does to him in that game, and then look what happens when they switch him on to Juzang. I think Juzang was like. Was like two for ten against Franz. Um, you don't score on him, and I'm going to be very interested to see how that translates um, to the NBA when you're playing against the biggest, baddest MFers on the planet. Um, you know he will be the guy guarding Giannis. You know he will be the guy guarding LeBron. He's going to be the guy guarding PG Kawhi, and like these are the guys um, who are supposed to show out in playoffs. And, like, it'll be fun for me, like, just as a fan, knowing how good he is defensively, you know, seeing guys like PG or Kawhi try to drop 30 or 35 on them. That that, that, that will be weird for me to watch and see. Um, but uh, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, man, you, you could drop him in the league right now, and he can guard – most of everybody. Do you ever find yourself going through your day and you want a snack, right? You want to make your day better, either in the morning for breakfast or just in the afternoon to kind of hold you over until supper or, you know, maybe late in the morning until lunch. You just want something good to snack on, but you don't want something unhealthy. Well, I think an option for you may be Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. And the great thing is, whether you have it in the morning for breakfast or the afternoon as a snack, over 18 different flavors await for you, await for you to choose from at BillBar.com. Another great thing is if you go to BillBar.com right now and you put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from BillBar. Make sure that you go to BillBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from BillBar. If you've got that plug-and-play aspect with the prospect, but also the ability to know that there's significant upside, that's something any team would want. Um, want to shift a bit more to a uh, to another Michigan player, Isaiah Livers, um, a, a guy that you're starting to see, I think, rise a bit. Like there's there's definite feeling about 40, 50 range, maybe in the NBA draft, but a, a big, not, not as tall as Franz Wagner, but obviously a true small forward who is a big guy as well in his own right. Very good shooting that improved in college as well. He fits what the Grizzlies look for in the mold of being a shooter and also being a guy that can contribute in other areas. But the shooting is there. What other aspects of Liver's games could really make him a value pick, especially? Gotcha. So look, so right quick, 
Do you guys have a second round pick? We do. Year? We have it at 51. 51? Okay. Um, not sure if he'll drop there. Um, but him going 40s or 50s, I get it. Um, so one thing about Isaiah is that when when he transitioned from Beeline to Howard, um, I think his game expanded. Uh, a lot of times with Beeline, you would see you would see Isaiah standing in the corner a lot. Uh, you would see him always waiting on someone else, right? Um, when Jawan came in, he really he really pressed Livers to do more. Like he really wanted Isaiah. It's like, hey, look, you are much more than just some, you know, rim running three point shooter. Like handle the ball some, uh, go out there and you know uh, create for yourself. We'll put you in some mid post ISOs. Um, and he did that, and he rebounded better. Uh, he played defense better. Um, he just all, I mean, everything that he needed to improve on this year, he improved on. And what you're going to get from him, like outside of shooting, uh, you're going to get someone who is going to run the court hard, uh, whether it's run for three or run for a dunk, uh, you're going to get an energy guy. Uh, but the one part of his game that, um, pretty sure NBA GMs are worried about uh, is his durability. He has been hurt pretty much every single year uh, due to a lower extremity, whether it's his groin or foot. It's It's been something. And, and I think now he won't even be available to even get on the court until this fall anyway. So it's not like he has workouts right now. Uh, so uh, it is going to be interesting because he did get hurt towards the end of last season, um, and Michigan could have used him most de- definitely in the uh, Elite Eight for sure. But um, uh, he is hurt. I'm not sure if you knew or he did. was. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. I remember the green room rooms. He was the talent that y'all lost. That was just a significant loss. That. Yeah, y'all. Right. There were legit national championship aspirations. You know, not a fluke. It was legit. And then losing him obviously was a big blow at the most unfortunate time. Oh yeah, for sure. It was like as soon as as soon as we lost him, it was like, look, if Michigan gets to the Sweet Sixteen, wins a Big Ten championship, this year was a success. Everything after that is just house money, and uh, and that's kind of. How that went, and then the way that they lost to UCLA. I mean, you plug in Isaiah there. I mean, they 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 probably win, win, win that game fairly easily. And does it seem like that if Livers, if, if the health is there, Livers does appear, you know, kind of like we've seen it with, you know, the Grizzlies have Dylan Brooks, they have you know John Conchar, other players. I'm not saying those guys are like Livers. My point is though is that if health can be on the side of Livers, the work ethic, the effort, the commitment to try to get better, it does seem like that if Livers can have health on his side, he could be a good bet to be a guy who produces above what you typically see someone would usually do with where he might be picked in the 40s or 50s. He does have a game that at least translates to an NBA, to the NBA with a shot that certainly is respectable, and, and especially... True, and I see him uh, similar to Jordan Nwora out of Louisville, and I believe he plays for the Bucks yep. now. Uh, he's not playing that much, but um, 
but their games are very, very similar. Uh, being able to rebound, shoot the ball, um, excel in transition, all those things. Uh, and he's going to be a bit older, you know, just like Conchar and Brooks were coming into the league. Um, he's just going to need a decent, decent opportunity, whether it's right away or it's going to the uh, going to the uh, going to the G and working himself up. Understood. And then, of course, as we know, that is certainly a route that a lot of uh, players have taken that eventually have become contributing, um, you know, contributors on, you know, championship level teams. So Isaiah Livers is certainly something that stands out. And also want to kind of um, uh, get your uh, thoughts on specifically this freshman class, you know, and when I say this freshman class, I mean the freshmen that are in this 2021 draft, a draft that, in my opinion, is defined by the depth of its upside. We talk about freshmen like Cade and, you know, Jalen Green. I know he wasn't in, in college, but setting those guys to the side, I'm more talking about the Josh Christophers, the Zaire Williamsons, and or Zaire Williams, excuse me, players such as that, these freshmen who for some reason, shape, or other, didn't get to show as much as you might like, like a B.J. Boston, for instance. But is there a freshman from this past year who you see on the big boards, maybe past pick 20 on a lot of these big boards, that really stands out to you that you think is really going to be a home run hit in terms of his upside? Past pick 20? Um, or not to be that specific, outside the lottery. No, no, okay, all right, all right, all right, so... Um, I've been high on this kid for a long time. Uh, Cam Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Cam Thomas is someone who I can see. We're going to look back in like two or three years, and we're going to laugh at who they took over him. You know, we're going to laugh at whether it's like James Booknight. Like, they chose James Booknight. Like, where's where's Booknight playing now? And then, you know what I mean? Like, Cam Thomas just feels like that guy. Um very similar to like a Devin Booker um, who could just go out and get his. And they ran the most trash offense at LSU. <laughs> Everything was isolated. Everything was ISO. And as a freshman, you know, he led the country in free throw. Mix. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even close. And I believe he was second in attempts to Trace Jackson Davis. Like you're a freshman in in the SEC, what what that tells me is that you could not be guarded. Um, he's very Devin Booker, and I see a lot of James Harden in him too. Um, wow, wow! I think he's going to be sick. I mean, I've got I'm literally doing a YouTube video, like literally, like right now, where I'm going over my. Like, I go over 14 shooting guards, and then I give my top six. Like, look, these are my top six. Um, spoilers, Cam is number two for me. Oh, wow. That's that's high praise. He's number two behind Green. Um, and it's very close to Green. Like, it's like if I had enough nuts, I'd put him at one. Like, that's how high I am on Cam Thomas. But I think Jalen Green, what he did last year in the G League – was very impressive. Over 17 a game, how he was shooting at like mid 40s from the field, uh, 36 and a half from three, uh, over 80% from the free throw line, and he played against NBA players, you know, former NBA players who are trying to get back to the league. Jalen Green steps on the court. That's food to them, right? And he was able to go through that 
and excel and play well. And his numbers on his numbers on back to backs, unreal. Like dude was putting up twenty, twenty a game on no rests. So I mean, it's um, I mean, Cam Thomas is Cam Thomas, and like that was the easiest question. And do, and the other thing I'll ask about Cam Thomas is this: before I get to one other player, um, in terms of Cam Thomas, obviously you, you see that he is a riser, especially as a three level scorer. Do you feel that the defense, or do you feel that there are other areas where he does have significant enough upside to be a value elsewhere outside of his scoring? I don't think he'll need to. Got it. Like, I just think he's going to get to the league um, and become like a hardened Devin Booker type. Uh, I think by year two, I think by year two, you'll see him average around 20 a game. Uh, He's that good. He's that good. He's better than Book Knight. He's better than Moody. Uh, he's better than Quentin Grimes. Um, he's better than all those guys. And I and I would bank it. I see I see Book Knight rising. I see it. Um, but that's not to discredit Book Knight. But I just like I am just so high on Cam Thomas. So high on him. And it's certainly a valid opinion coming from you as someone who's watched these guys and, you know, also not only watching them, but also knowing in what it takes to stand out and succeed at the next level. One other player I'll ask you about, because he is someone who's gaining excitement in terms of, you know, Grizz Nation um, here in the Memphis area, that's Josh Christopher. There's a couple of connections between him and the franchise. We know that they've worked him out. Another one of these freshmen who didn't have, you know, the biggest, you know, sample size in college that you may have liked. Your thoughts on him? He certainly seems to someone someone who has some intrigue who could be a steal. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, I know Robert said biggest issue with Cam is his shooting percentages. Like, I'll, I'm telling you right right now, go watch LSU run an offense, and you come back to me like this dude was creating everything on his own, everything on his own. No thanks to Wade. Um, anyways, Josh Christopher. Um, if if I am a Grizzly fan, I would want to stay away from it. Um, because you have 17, right? That's yeah, you have 17. Um, you know, Josh Christopher's game is meant for the league, um, but he has been inefficient ever since he was playing high school and on the circuit. Um, his shot selection is not the best. Um, very athletic, very athletic um, shot maker, right? He could really create for himself, but he had to share the court with with uh, Remy Martin. And, uh, and there wasn't much gelling going along because Josh didn't really have the ball the whole time, right? So is he going to be someone who can heat up like a microwave with a lot of touches, or is he someone who is going to need to come in the game and pretty much become like the Donovan Mitchell of the second unit, right? To kind of just come in and do his thing. Um, so I question that. Go read some of Bob Hurley. I think it's Bobby Hurley's out in Arizona State. Read some of his his uh, read some of his quotes. Whenever a coach comes out 
and talks about certain guys a certain way, uh, it's a lot worse than whatever he said. Because usually coaches would never say that, um, and that's always a red flag for me. Interesting. And, yeah, I, I've, I've actually seen with some of the Grizzlies talk with Christopher, um, you know, even Dylan Brooks is someone that they've kind of compared it in terms of his offensive game. But um, I haven't really looked my, myself. No, he's a lot closer to like a Stevie Francis. Gotcha. Um, he's close to like Steve Francis. Um, oh, man, what's his name? J.R. Smith when he was with the Nuggets. Ooh, okay. Like, right, like that type of potential. Right? Okay. Someone who could – you know, shoot from 30 back to back and then come down the, down the lane and dunk on four people. Like, that's the kind of talent he has. But um, but I don't know if he's hungry. Gotcha. You know, he, you know what I mean? And and that's going to be the, the, the make or break with a lot of these, these uh, kids. You know, I could love me some Cam Thomas, but if Cam Thomas isn't hungry, like, he's not going to be shit, right? So a lot of these kids, it's going to come down to who's really going to work hard. Like Zach Levine, he worked his ass off. Like Zach Levine worked his tail off to become who he is. Kawhi Leonard, good Lord. Dude was Andre Roberson out of San Diego State, right? And now he's become one of the top wings in the league. So um, it's all going to come down to... It's all going to come down to, you know, you know who's going to be obsessed with just getting better and being great, and um, and that's one part that we just don't see as evaluators yet, unless it's like hearsay. The NBA season only has one, maybe two games left in the NBA Finals, and as exciting as and as enjoyable as this NBA Finals has been. Game six tomorrow night is certainly going to be fun to see. And if part of your fun is wagering and betting on sports, and whether it's simple bets or prop bets, the best way for you to be able to wager and bet on sports is through betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code Locked On on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Week has finally arrived. The 2021 Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is finally here. And the great thing about it is, is that you don't have to wait any longer when it comes to some great insight when it comes to the 2021 road to the NBA Draft. The Ultimate the ultimate NBA Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is here. Featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough, our locked on NBA hosts or locked on NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week long special event. And I can tell you this if you're a Grizzlies fan, you want to make sure to tune in because it's going to be an exciting week for Memphis. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A U D A U D A C Y, Odyssey. 
couple of the things I wanted to get your opinion on, um, Ant, was obviously, again, here with Ant Wright, um, uh, one of the best basketball minds and evaluators, especially of, of college and high school talent that I've had the chance to interact with over the past year. Uh, wonderfully, wonderfully um, hard worker when it comes to his evaluations. Ant, obviously, the NIL. Um, new rules and new uh, regulations have come out, obviously, where now college athletes can get compensated for um, their likeness, however you want to describe it. But we see now that change that has occurred. We Last year was the first year of where high school players could go to the G League, the overtime league for high school talents even before they arrived at college. So much is changing for compensation to these younger amateur athletes do you see that in any way, shape, or form impacting the way that these talents are assessed on their way to being in the NBA draft? Does this change draft decisions, how they're viewed, you know, how the draft occurs, how teams approach them? Do you see it having any impact on their path? I think someone like like um, uh, Luca Garza, I think he would have stayed if he knew that NIL passed. Uh, I think he would have stayed a whole extra year, and he would have got wild, wild deals um, his final year at at Iowa, you know? And uh, I think it is, you know, for some, for some it may keep them from saying, okay, I just want to go pro, because school's not for everybody, right? You know, not everybody wants to wake up for their 8 a.m.s and their labs that are across campus on the other part of town, like 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 nobody wants to do that still. But the extra money doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Um, it's more going to be interesting to see how this is going to level the playing field between conferences and schools, because some schools are going to be ahead of others when it comes to this. Some are going to be revolutionary when it comes to this. And if you are ahead of the curve and you are really innovative, um, you know, you can, you can snag a lot of good recruits early. And then all of a sudden you go on a tear with winning. Now your now your whole program is like, Oh, this is a winning program now, right? Let's what's going on over here. Now you let your basketball do the talking and all that fun stuff. But I like it. It's good for the kids. Uh, it's good for them to, you know, not always have to look over your shoulder to like see if you know, you're allowed to do something. Um, uh, I've seen some wild contracts out th- out there. I saw Masterpiece son signed for two milli. I saw uh, the Cavender twins. They signed with like Boost Mobile, and they had their like a like a huge poster out on Times Square, just ridiculous stuff, right? Um, I like it. It's just gonna be it's it's just gonna be another another wrinkle. It's just gonna be another wrinkle, and when it comes to evaluating them, I mean, it's gonna be another wrinkle. Like, okay, like who did you like? I'm not. Sh- I don't think teams are going to really focus on who they signed with. I think a question will be, um, you know, how did you, you know, how are you able from year one to year two 
um, balance out your schedule because you can't just add something big like that and not balance out in other parts of your life, whether it's social, your relationships, basketball, classes, something had to take, something had to, you know, had to like get drawn back, right? And I think teams are going to be very picky and prodding on what was on, you know, what took a back seat. Because you don't want to hear, yeah, I used to train for three hours a day, but then I I had to bump it down to hour and a half because I had these obligations. That's a red flag, right? Because that's all that happens in the league is you have endorsements, you have res- responsibilities. Um, but I think it's just another wrinkle that, you know, these teams are going to have to pick and probe and um, uh, ask people who are involved with you that are not necessarily you, but whether it's asking the coaches or asking people who work closely with the program, just like asking about a certain kid and his work ethic and all that. It's going to be interesting to see for sure. And I love your analysis of, you know, why it could make people, you know, older prospects want to stay in school because you're right for several of them their marketability is at its peak at the school that they're at instead of going to the nba but speaking also about um some some a fun trend we're starting to see you're being able to experience it at michigan with juan howard back at his alma mater we saw patrick Ewing ewing at georgetown of course penny hardaway in memphis you know he he flirted with the idea of maybe going to the league with the magic, but I know Memphis fans would have loved for Hardaway to have the success Howard is having, but as someone who cheers for another school who's seeing a favorite son of theirs succeed as a coach, just your thoughts kind of away from the situation. When you look at Memphis and Hardaway now with Larry Brown in the mix, your thoughts on the future of the Memphis program with Hardaway? Well, they got to figure it out. They got to figure out a few things. First of all, got to figure out how to beat Tulsa when you have a really good roster. Because um, you beat Tulsa, you're probably in the tournament, possibly. Um, so, you know, they can recruit well all they want, uh, but they have to figure it out. Uh, what helped out Howard was he didn't take over a complete crap show, right? Um, so the culture was already there. He had kids from that culture still there, and they kind of, like, played off each other. You know, Howard was very, you know, like, humble. He was like, this is my first time doing this. You know, help me out. And, you know, kids were able to, uh, you know, walk him through some things uh, and vice versa, right? Uh, you know, who who was at Memphis for Penny to, to like, lean on, really? He, you know what I mean? Great. Juwan could lean on Eli Brooks, Isaiah Livers. Like, these are just, you know, outstanding students. They've played in big games. They started it in, in big games. They've won championships, right? Who is John Thompson going to lean on? Or, you know, who, who is uh, um, Pat Ewing going to lean on at Georgetown to help him out? You know? So, um, different situations there. In my opinion, a little bit different, but you know, Penny, Penny's got to figure it out. His teams are way too good, way too talent, talented, and I, I know the NCAA took Wiseman away, but still, like you just have Musa Cease, like 
Like what? What did? What? What happened with him? Musa Cease. To the extent that I, I haven't followed him that much, of course, as me and you know, I'm a big Tennessee fan. Uh, I, I don't know if it was opportunity. I know, for instance, he wasn't really – he didn't have that big of a role on this team when they were playing to the level that they were to end the season. So I think it may have been role. Beyond that, I don't really know. But it's certainly – the opportunity for him to be featured as much as he wanted to, I think, played a big – I just don't get it. And, you know, like, Houston, uh, they – I think they almost beat Houston, right? They did. If they would have made free throws, they would have beat them twice in the last uh, uh, two or three weeks. And I think that I think one of those Houston games, I think they hit like a half court shot to win, or something. They like did. That. They did. That is correct. You know, win one of those. You know, you're probably in. Agreed. Um, but you look at a team like Houston, who. Um, you know who was able to pretty much walk through that conference, uh, and then you find them in the in the final four. I think Memphis Memphis can be similar. They just gotta you know, win the games you're you're supposed to, and win half the games that you're not. Agreed. And that's all it comes down down to. Although winning is very hard, you know I've talked to former teammates on here all the time, and you know that is one thing that you know we always you know, think about is like how hard winning is at that level. It is so hard to win. So much goes into these scouting reports. So much goes into the preparation. And then it's demoralizing when you go out there and everything on the scouting report happens to you and you lose by like 25. Like that's so demoralizing, right? You spend all this time in prep, all this time working out. You know who's going to do what. And then they come out and they do what they do. Like, winning is hard in college, bro. Like, winning is so hard. Well, the thing that I'll say is is that you certainly uh, would be one to be able to speak to that. Aunt can't thank you enough for taking the time. You're always very gracious with your time. Where can folks, you know, Memphis is a big, huge market when it comes to basketball in general. Where can folks find your great work? Um, You could uh, – I'm on YouTube, Ant Wright. You'll see the Black and Gold Shield. Uh, you can go on to my Twitter, it's Ant Wright, um, where my shield is like bluish purple. Um, but uh, anywhere, it's Ant it's Ant Wright. If you have any, if you have any like questions, uh, I usually respond pretty, uh, pretty timely. Um, as long as you come correct. If you come sideways, then I respond sideways in a way that you won't like so like just be nice and cool and chill um and we'll have a good conversation it's one of the reasons why i always love interacting with dan he's fun he'll he'll go back and forth with you but uh, at the end of the day very knowledgeable guy huge john morant supporter he thinks jaw's the best player in the league correct dan John needs to find the jumper. <laughs> Hopefully he will. Ant, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. If we wind up getting a Michigan player, I look forward to having you again. Thanks for taking the time. Yes, sir, Sean. Thanks, man. All right, that'll do it here for me. Ant Wright, Sean Coleman, we'll talk to you again soon here on Lock. Please.